We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It was scary last night seeing the news updates from the city of Memphis where they had a an active shooter, and he was active for like the better part of a day, and he was live streaming his crimes. Uh, Memphis is not all that much different uh, in size than the city of Columbus. I've been to Memphis numerous times. Uh, it can be a beautiful city. It can be a very dangerous city. Same as Columbus. Same as Cleveland, another city that I've lived in. Uh, a lot of our cities have serious challenges right now. And those of us who live uh, in close proximity to the cities or like those of you who live in Clintonville, those of you who live in German Village, those of you who live, uh, you know, attached to downtown Dayton. Uh, I can only imagine how differently you are ordering your days uh, now that things like what happened in Memphis over the last, what, week? They're a different dateline than here. But is it all that much different? In Memphis, that a woman goes out for a jog and is kidnapped by someone who uh, murders her? Is it impossible that someone would go on the kind of shooting spree that a 19-year-old who was previously convicted of attempted murder, sentenced to three years, he got out 11 months early, I think, or did he serve 11 months? Well, he didn't serve three years. We know that. Uh None of those are things that you would go, well, that, well, that could never happen here. I mean, that'll never happen here. No. We, we had a guy shooting at cars on I-71 in the middle of the day last March. So these kinds of things are very common in our cities, and they shouldn't be. And these kinds of things are occurring because when the warning signs occur criminal activity at a young age, we don't do enough about it. I'm not going to say we don't do anything about it, because we do some things about it, but it's pretty clear that what we're doing isn't working. And I'm a big believer that there's usually a historical resource that will answer the question, what have we done before in this kind of a situation? That has worked. History usually provides that answer. We get into danger and we make our cities dangerous, more dangerous, when we try to do what is popular today among Democratic politicians. And make no mistake, Democrats control most of the major cities in America. They control 19 of the 20 largest cities in America. They control L.A., San Francisco, uh, Portland, Detroit. Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati, 
Chicago, Philadelphia, on and on and on, right? So they feel like they have a need to innovate all under the umbrella of the word that I think is, you know, childish and stupid. Reimagine. Kids, imagine. We can't afford because moms get kidnapped and murdered, people walking through an auto parts store get shot in broad daylight. We can't afford that because we don't have time to reimagine that. We need to stop that before it happens. And so, this is why I've been critical of the city of Columbus and the way they're handling what I think is the junior varsity to violent crime down the road, these kids who repetitively steal cars. Stealing a car is a felony. Okay? It's a felony. You don't steal a car because you were born in tough circumstances. You don't steal a car because you had a bad day, you got a bad grade on a test. You don't steal a car because you're uncertain if stealing a car is illegal. You steal a car because you have such an elevated level of self-esteem, such an elevated level of self-importance, such a depressed level of fear and accountability for your actions that you just feel like doing it or you're doing it to capture some status or trying to make yourself appear tough, gain street cred or whatever it is. You make a purposeful decision to do that. And in Columbus, we're on track for 10 thousand car thefts in a calendar year 10,000 ridiculous so now columbus city council all democrat all democrat say they are going to quote work with community partners to identify problems and find solutions for parents who are looking to stop their kids from breaking in and stealing cars uh here is uh, city council safety chair emmanuel remy We need to dig deep to provide resources to parents who, check out the back part of this quote. We need to dig deep to provide resources to the parents who may be a little distraught on what their children are doing. There might be a clue to the depth of the problem in Councilman Remy's comment. I can assure you that if I had ever stolen a car, my father would have been more than a little distraught over me stealing that car. And by connection, I would have been way more than a little distraught over what happened to me once he found out about it. Councilman Remy says, this is certainly a problem. We have youths ages 9 to 17 who are trying to get likes and their presence known around the internet world. He's talking about the posting on social media. They talked to a mom, Channel 6, by the way, on this reporting. Talked to a mom. Her 14-year-old son was one of the kids uh, that was in a stolen car, stolen Kia that slammed into a police cruiser with several other teens inside the car. She says, there's no structure, there's no understanding. All I want is for you to hear us out and help us and be on our side. I feel very sorry for this woman because it's easy to say, well, it's her fault. She's the parent. And there's some of that that's accurate. But nowhere in this story is a father quoted which leads me to believe there is no father in the home and there is no male role model in the home. And secondly, and I don't mean this any way other than factually, 
I'm not sure she has the resources or has been exposed to the resources to be able to deal with her young son who's doing this. I think the concept of accountability, punishment, consequences for actions is a foreign concept to a lot of people out there. It's not you. It might have been ingrained in you. It was certainly ingrained in me when you were younger. I was younger. It was certainly ingrained in us that, you know, I said earlier, if my father had found out, I always had this real view of consequences in that I remember one time I got caught skipping school and we were horsing around along a road and up pulls this county sheriff and the county sheriff escorts us back to school. And like six guys in the car were like worried about, are we going to play football on Friday night? Are we going to be able to participate in whatever extracurricular activity? I didn't even give any of that a thought. My thought was, man, am I in trouble when my dad finds out about this. Now you can say, oh, that's unhealthy. You're afraid of your dad. No, I wasn't afraid of my dad. I was afraid of the consequences of disappointing my dad. Big difference. Big difference. I knew if I didn't do anything wrong, I'd be just fine. But I knew if I did something wrong, things wouldn't be fine. But you know why? Because he had high expectations for me. He set a very high bar for me. And that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to expect a lot of our kids. It's not okay to throw up our hands and go, well, I can't figure out why they're doing what they're doing. The adrenaline rush. Yeah, whatever it is, identity, community. I mean, there are a lot of needs, emotional needs that these kids do this for. I get it. Did you have something yesterday or did I read it somewhere? And I apologize, I don't have it in front of me. There was some type of comment about trying to get these social media outlets like YouTube, Mm -hmm. TikTok, etc. to not allow the videos of crime... Mm-hmm. to be published. That's out today. This is something is that Councilman okay. Remy hopes to do. Good. But I don't know. Uh, I'm for that, by the way, not putting the crimes on yeah. videotape. But Pam, the Facebooker, Facebook people, the Twitter people, they have to get rid of all of the rest of us extremists first. <laughs> all those of us who believe in free speech and the Second Amendment and oh, uh, the right no. against self-incrimination. That's a full-time job there. We will talk with Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio at 12.05 today. Matt will be good on the upcoming visit of President Joe Biden to the Intel site. President coming into town tomorrow. And you know there's a lot of credit to be claimed if Joe Biden's coming and Tim Ryan is coming. Because Tim Ryan, the Democratic senatorial candidate, has been uh, running the other direction. Joe Biden, anytime he comes to Ohio, Uh, Tim Ryan, like uh, John Fetterman in Pennsylvania and like the uh, lieutenant governor of Wisconsin, like Nan Whaley, the Democratic gubernatorial candidate. They all have a scheduling conflict the minute Joe Biden comes to their home area. But tomorrow, Ryan weighing whether there's more credit to be gained from Intel coming to Ohio than there is damage to be done by appearing in the same photograph with Joe Biden, uh, Tim Ryan has decided, yeah, yeah, it's worth it. I'm going to show up. Uh, that's not surprising. Tim Ryan uh, will do anything, say anything to anyone, anywhere 
to try to ingratiate himself. Uh, I will play for you at 12.20 today, uh, audio of Tim Ryan, where he sounds shockingly unlike the Tim Ryan, who now sounds very much like Donald Trump on matters of trade and, you know, blue-collar jobs and all that. This Tim Ryan, the Tim Ryan who was running for president, which is, in fact, the same Tim Ryan who's running for Senate, he shot for the stars after uh, being unable to run for the House of Representatives again. He decided, you know, well, maybe I'll scale down from the presidency to the Senate. Because then the great thing about being a senator is you only have to run for re-election once every six years. That's like, that's like a an amazing gig, considering Ryan had to run for Congress every two years. Uh, so that's not surprising that Tim Ryan has decided that if there's glory to be gained from something he had absolutely nothing to do with, it's worth the damage of appearing with Joe Biden. Likewise, I began the show today by saying that uh, I had something that's the opposite of breaking news, but I don't know what the opposite of breaking news is. And it is that Donovan Lewis's family plans to file a civil suit against the city of Columbus. They are uh, doing that, committing to doing that, before Donovan Lewis's funeral. Donovan Lewis shot by Columbus police last week when he did not answer the door after they brought a police dog and banged on his door and yelled for him to open his door for more than 10 minutes. He was getting out of bed and had a vape pen in his hand. I presume the officer mistook it for a weapon and fired once, and Donovan Lewis was unfortunately hit and unfortunately died, very unfortunately died. Now we have more double unbroken news. Guess who's joining the lawsuit against... Columbus police that will be filed by Donovan Lewis's family. The attorney who represented Andre Hill, whose family received a $10 million settlement from the city of Columbus in advance of the trial of the police officer who shot Andre Hill. So the city paid, which if I'm a juror, I'm going, why would a city pay $10 million to somebody if the officer was... Not in the wrong. I think that sends an unmistakable signal that the officer who fired and shot and killed Andre Hill was in the wrong. And so that officer will have to hopefully get a jury that can look at the case apart from the reality of the fact that Andre Hill's family's already cashed in to the tune of $10 million off his very unfortunate death. That, I'm sure, is what Donovan Lewis's family is looking for, but no amount of money makes a family whole after they lose someone who they love very much, even though, even though uh, this is true of Donovan Lewis, it was certainly not true of Andre Hill, uh, that Donovan Lewis had a criminal record that caused police to show up at his apartment and try to serve a warrant in the middle of the night, which is when police serve warrants on people they presume to be dangerous and people who are charged with domestic violence against their pregnant girlfriend and felony mishandling of a firearm are plausibly considered to be dangerous by police officers everywhere. Columbus police today released new body cam video from the scene the night Donovan Lewis was shot that shows a police officer conferring with Donovan Lewis's mother, Rebecca Dunn. Rebecca, uh, Rebecca Duran, rather. Rebecca Duran. I apologize for the error. Rebecca Duran is the mother of Donovan Lewis. According to the Columbus Dispatch, 
Duran tells the sergeant that she received a call from Lewis's girlfriend who had gotten a call by police to alert her that a shooting had taken place. Duran asks to know what hospital Lewis was taken to and does not know yet that he has died. In speaking with the sergeant, Duran also says her son is, quote, mentally ill. And she, quote, knows that's always the story, unquote. She said she had, quote, begged, unquote, prosecutors for help for her son for years. That is a decidedly different story than she has told uh, since Mr. Lewis died. And I understand there's a desire on the part of people to portray their loved ones in the best possible light when they're gone. We do that with everyone. We don't just do that with people who are shot by police. We do that with everyone. Nobody goes to a funeral, and at least I hope nobody goes to a funeral, and gets up and talks about the worst instances in a person's life. They get up and they talk about the great aspects of their life because people are complex. People all are flawed. Every single person is flawed. Every single person does great things. Every single person does bad things. Now, one of the things we've talked about here with Biden coming to Columbus for Intel and Intel totally (laughs) taking over and reshaping Licking County and uh, Violet Township is that, and I told you this from the evening I attended where both the mayors of Gehanna and New Albany attended, and they were talking about housing. And Gehanna said, we don't really have any more land where we can build more housing for all the people who are coming here to work for Intel, so the only place we can grow is up. So they'll probably build more once they find land and tear down buildings that exist. They'll build, you know, higher, taller buildings in Gehanna to house people. In New Albany... The mayor has said they're not going to expand beyond 18,000 residents. And he talked about other areas around there that will have a decision to make on whether they want to grow exponentially or whether they're going to try to keep growth out. Uh, Last night, Violet Township trustees greenlighted a development by Rockford Homes, and the people who live in that area are not happy about it. Not happy about it. But this is what will be the push-pull in these kinds of situations because Rockford had already filed a lawsuit against the Board of Trustees when the Board had denied them the ability to build this development earlier. In the lawsuit, the developer claimed the township deprived Rockford Homes of its right to be free from arbitrary zoning restrictions and for equal treatment under the law. So... Big developers are going to be able to hire big, talented attorneys to come in and sue and force or attempt to force township trustees to make decisions that probably when they ran for township trustee, they never thought they'd have to make. So it's going to be very complex to see how all this develops. We will chat with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org next.